You're listening to a Mint podcast brought to you by HD Smartcast. Welcome to the latest episode of Why Not Mint Money. I'm your host Josh Kriplani. Now, according to fund managers, interest rates are nearing their peak levels. Bond deals are expected to remain stable and then start falling into the new year. In this latest episode of Why Not Mint Money, we chat with Rishab Desai of Rupee with Rishab Investment Services on how investors can make most of the changes that are expected in the new year in the debt markets. Welcome to Why Not Mint Money, a personal finance podcast where we help you understand basic money concepts and share strategies for you to build your wealth. So let's get started with your money journey. Hi Rishab, welcome to the latest episode of Why Not Mint Money. We are really happy to have you here. So Rishab, today we would like to talk with you about debt investments. As we start the new year, how do you think the debt investment environment will shape up? First of all, thank you very much uh, for having me on your podcast. It's always a pleasure. This is a very great topic what what we have touched actually. The reason is because we have seen number one inflation has eased out not only in India but globally as well. I still feel that inflation will will ease out you know as as the year goes ahead but in India particularly the inflation in, is in the comfort band of the reserve bank of india okay if you see in the us as well the comfort area is around 2% and the inflation is around 3.1 3.2% in in the us so i feel that we we have picked out the interest rate cycle so going forward you know we will slowly see you know the fed and the reserve bank of india cutting interest rates now when this will happen we don't know but probably somewhere in 2024 we should see interest rates in the economy falling down so what happens is that investors should keep in mind that bond prices and bond yields are inversely related okay so as and when the interest rates fall in the economy the existing bond prices the demand for the existing bond prices will rise so at the mark to market level you know debt investors will will get you know more returns than than expected so i think we are at number 1 we are at the peak of the interest rate cycle going forward interest rates would fall down so i really feel we are at the uh, starting of a golden period for the fixed income space from at least a 2 to 3 year point of view right So, how should investors be approaching this particular period? How they can make most of it? So, I always tell this to my clients that you know, match your time horizon with the maturity profile of the product. Say, like for example, if if your holding period is say like three months or six months, you you know, investors should go for probably you know ultra short duration or liquid funds. You know, if holding period of an investor is say probably two years or three years, then you know investors can look at investing in corporate bond funds and banking psu funds so although medium to long duration funds will benefit the most during the interest rate cut cycle uh, but i feel matching one's time horizon and the maturity prof- maturity profile of a product is is very important so i think you know the aaa bond yields currently are in the range of 7 to 8% so the sweet spot in my humble opinion is to catch a maturity uh, product anywhere between 3 to 7 years so i think corporate bond funds and banking psu funds would be very well suited you know especially for investors who are looking from a 2 to 3 year perspective but if an investor has a little bit of a longer time horizon probably say like 5 years or so 
then a little they can take a little bit of a tactical bet into you know longer duration papers as well that that was what my next question was that because there is possibly potential fall in yields going forward can investors take chances and take calculated risks in categories like gsec funds and other long dated categories absolutely but again investors should keep in mind see when you enter for these kind of tactical calls you know the exit is also very important because you know these long duration papers can get very volatile you know as well so if you're if you're unable to take the tactical call if you don't know when to exit then might as well stick with you know banking psu funds and corporate bond funds i think investors will be uh, very well sorted another reason what i feel you know that the debt you know market will benefit is because you know now i'm sure you are also aware that you know indian bonds are now in the jp morgan global bond index so we are going to see a good amount of probably 20 to 40 billion dollars over the next 2 to 3 years which would which will come in the indian bonds so in my view overall even since debt mutual funds are market linked products i think in a 2 to 3 year perspective uh, you know debt mutual funds will really benefit a lot at a, at a market to market level but again investors should keep in mind this this benefit is not going to come overnight investors may not be able to see the benefit overnight they have to give some time at least 2 to 3 3 years to see the actual a uh, mark to market benefit in their uh, debt funds you know debt taxation has also changed over time so you know investors who are not that aware what are the things that they should keep in mind when it comes to taxation and you know when they eventually start withdrawing this particular piece of money that they will start putting in from the next year correct so i mean even though see i i have always told this that diversification is the key okay just because you know debt mutual funds are market linked and you will get mark to market benefit don't put all your Or, or all your money in in the debt mutual fund basket, right? Probably I would give a little higher allocation, say anywhere between fifty uh, to seventy percent would be in debt mutual funds because uh, they are very well managed and uh, you know from a risk adjusted return point of view they will benefit the most, right? But at the same time, you know products like fixed deposits, like traditional bank fixed deposits, PPF, EPF, these products like senior citizen savings schemes, uh, you know these products should not be ignored as well. So I feel from a taxation point of view, everything is now on a level playing field. But I would still give a little higher allocation to debt mutual funds mainly because they are market linked. But overall, have a diversified debt portfolio into debt mutual funds, uh, traditional fixed deposits, post office schemes. As well. And what about target maturity funds? Uh, you know, is this a good time to lock in the higher yields because probably going forward, these similar yields, at least in the near future, may or may not be available. Target maturity funds are, are are like you know you can say fixed deposits in mutual funds. You know, let me put right. it in in that way. They are very simple, plain vanilla product that you know after a after a certain maturity you get your money back and you get that particular yield. But you know, rather than going for target maturity products, although they are very good products in my humble opinion, I would still bet on you know corporate bond funds and banking PSU funds. You know, because after, what happens is that that you know target maturity funds after their maturity the money comes back you know in in one's bank account. now what if someone wants to hold it for a little longer period of time right so i think open ended debt mutual funds would would be would be better in my humble opinion but at the same time you know diversification is the key so some allocation definitely can be kept in target maturity products otherwise as a thumb rule match your investment horizon and the funds underlying maturity and then go about building your portfolio right that's the way so basically also don't ignore ultra short and short duration and low duration funds because that may suit a certain 
a risk return profile a certain goal absolutely josh i mean if you see the overall yield curve the overall yield curve is little bit flat okay it's not uh, very steep in in that sense so you will still get benefit in an ultra short duration or a or a short duration a uh, product right but as you correctly pointed out and as i mentioned earlier also that it is very important to stick with one's uh, maturity profile because you don't want to fall into any kind of volatility risk in in this situation and just one more point i would like to add over here is choosing any product in the fixed income space is very important to go for high credit quality papers if you're venturing into mutual funds go for trip papers if you're if you're uh, also government securities as well if you're going for like fixed deposits go for uh, you know good quality bank fixed deposits don't go for you know those corporate fixed deposits where you get a high yield because i you know i always tell this to my clients that you know fixed income can get more riskier than equities also at times you know it's very difficult the recovery process is very slow and very long in in the fixed income space so you know if you want to take risk then probably go into equity as an asset class so if if you want like steady appreciation of your capital then high credit quality matching the time horizon and the maturity profile of the debt mutual fund would be a better way to go ahead so credit risk funds would strictly be a no no for your clients absolutely i mean i i i'll just give you an insightful data you know i pulled out some data on a 3 year daily rolling basis actually the corporate bond funds you know have outperformed you know many of the time vis a vis the credit risk funds you know and the ytms also if you actually go to see the net ytms of credit risk is just probably 1 or 2% higher than you know the triple a bond fund so in my view i really don't see any value add going in the credit risk space just for probably a percent or two i i wouldn't uh, take that much amount of risk you know might as well i would go for a balanced advantage fund or probably a pure equity fund if i really want to take that risk so debt is meant for capital uh, protection and equity is meant for uh, wealth creation right so is that a good idea like you you know did touch upon balanced advantage funds you know given the fact that you know equity markets are also looking good around this time and also debt markets are expected to improve so can a baf help an investor to take advantage of both these you know potential upside that we could see from these two asset classes uh, just this is a great question what what you have asked me see in the equity markets currently nothing is cheap okay mid caps and small caps have rallied tremendously valuations are also trading at a premium right large caps have underperformed compared to mid and small caps but their valuations are also not not that cheap in my humble opinion i think a a baf like product you know will be very well suited so i think 2024 is going to be probably the year for you know large caps which have been underperforming baf which will take advantage from both equity as well as debt so in my humble opinion i think a baf is a great product if if one wants to take advantage of both the equity and the and the debt side because you know it is you you're leaving it up to the fund manager you know when he or she wants to take call in equity and in debt right and they have the liberty also like you know whether they want to go into short duration medium duration long duration in the debt segment and whether they want to go with large cap mid cap or small cap in the equity segment so in my humble opinion this is a great time for balanced advantage products where you know where equities are trading at a premium and the debt are are you know going to see a golden period down the line so in in my humble opinion yes 2024 can be the year for for balanced advantage funds right and what about a hybrid fund which will be investing in both equity and debt i mean baf is also a hybrid but it dynamically moves between equity and hybrid 
sorry equity and debt but a hybrid fund would you know have a static 65 35 allocation to equity and debt or or maybe other combinations what about those kind of fund see i'm not recommending static allocation hybrid products from 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 a pure risk mitigation point of view see if 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 i if i have 65% of risk into equity and the rest into debt might as well i keep my portfolio separate i would like to keep my you know equity and debt portfolio separate from a better risk mitigation uh, point of view so see again baf is different because because baf is dynamically managed and you know you cannot treat baf as your own personal asset allocation baf can be a part of one's portfolio it cannot be your entire portfolio so even though you have baf it is very important to still keep your equity and debt portfolio separate from a better risk mitigation point of view I think on that note we can conclude today's episode. It was really great chatting with you Rushab. Thanks once again for joining us and sharing your insights about debt investment. Thank you listeners for joining us today. If you liked this episode and would like to hear to more such interesting conversations, do log into our channel Why Not Mint Money on Spotify where you'd always find me omnipresent. Also, if you have any new ideas or suggestions, you can DM me on Twitter. My Twitter handle is at the rate Jash Kriplani. That is J A S H K R I P L A N I. You can always reach out to us over the email. Our email ID is mintmoney at the rate liemint dot com. To stay updated on this podcast. Follow us at HD Smartcast on all the major social media platforms. To listen to more such podcasts, log on to www.hdsmartcast.com. Hold up. 